Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. Good morning. We've got a lopsided church again. It's always nice to see, though the regulars all together, at least there's a unity of heart, or it appears that way anyway. We're glad to see each one of you here this morning, glad to have friends visiting with us, and um, uh, I'm going to ask uh, which did I, uh, Hazel to come and give us the announcements. one coming up in but um great thank you uh hazel uh i'm going to ask jeff there's a little insert in your bulletin of your faith O lord reaches to the heavens I've asked Joel if he would help us te- or teach us that course because it's a very, it's a really good one. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, if you could all uh, stand, and we will open up worship with the song "Your Love, O Lord."
worship, which is uh, from Psalm 71 in your bulletins, and I will lead you, and as a people of God, you will respond, and the heavier print is for you to respond with. I run for dear life to the Lord. You said, O God, your door is always open. I'll take up the, the lute and the tambourine and thank you to the tune of your faithfulness, O God. I'll make music to you with my heart, Holy One of Israel, when I open up in song to you. My rescued life is my song. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your goodness to us. We've come together as a people of God, and we are a needy people. We're, of course, dealing with this whole immense subject called faith and how it relates to us and how we respond in this day and age. We ask you, Lord, to help us, open our, help us to open our minds to your word that we might understand all that you have for us and embrace it. Through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Be assured of this, that when we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us all against all that we have done wrong. Our gathering song is going to be number 298, Glory Be to God the Father, number Glory, 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 glory. 
But before we do, we have Alicia home. It's always nice to have Alicia home, but she's going to play for us. And uh, so we're looking forward to having her. Hey. me up. Thank you. Alicia, it's nice to have you home. Always nice to have you home and even nicer when you play for us. It's great. Thank you. Um, one thing that I failed to recognize was that Lois has her 15th great-grandchild was born this week. And so congratulations. going to ask all the kids to come up. I've got a story for you that I shared this morning with uh, mostly the old folk, me, <laughs> and it's about a little boy. So we're going to do that if the kids will all come up now. Yeah, we'll sing one verse of Jesus' Sunday, I understood you took all the kids out. Oh. 
With your money? With the money that you got. Wasn't that nice? Way to go. Yes, that's a great way to be. You share what you what you receive. Right? It's a lot more fun that way, too. Well, I'm gonna tell about a little boy. And uh, his name was Sam. And uh, his mother said to him during the blueberry picking time of the year, she said, We're gonna go pick blueberries in the hills. And so Sam really preferred to play. How many would prefer to play rather than go pick blueberries? Kids. <laughs> yeah, would you rather play or pick blueberries? Okay, we've got one, one convert here. Anybody else? Has anybody ever gone blueberry picking with your folks? No? Have you? Wonderful. Uh, I have to say that uh, I went strawberry picking, but I never went blueberry picking. But when we arrived in Caladar, you know, everybody know where Caladar is? Okay. Well, I was a student minister there when I had black hair and uh, was about uh, 30 pounds lighter. Uh, and, uh, and we had a great time in Caladar. Really, we did. The people were warm and friendly. And uh, um, the only problem was that about 60% of the population there are on disability. I I'm serious. And I'm not sure that it's going to go there. The fact remains that Sam, uh, Sam is, is, a, is a rather, uh, was a rather interesting kid at the time. So what he did was when they went to the blueberry patch, because you know, have you ever picked wild blueberries? They're about like this big. So you have to pick a pile of blueberries, right? Have you picked wild blueberries? I didn't pick some, but I have had some. But you've had some, yes. They're really good. They're really, really good. And, uh, and uh, when I was the pastor there, I, uh, they used to always give us blueberries. Every summer, we had piles of blueberries. And they were, you're right, they were. So anyway, Sam went out with his mom, and they began picking blueberries. And they were, he was having a great time. Nobody else seemed to be having quite as much fun as he did. He chased a butterfly. Anybody ever chased a butterfly? Try to catch it? Yeah. Yeah, they're neat. Pardon? Yes, you know, I'm sure it does. They're quite infatuated with, with the butterfly. And, and she did that for a little while, and we got tired of that. And then he played hide and seek with a squirrel. Ever played hide and seek with a squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never have either, but he played hide and seek with a squirrel. And then something of ways he went, he saw a worm in amongst the plants. So he pulled the worm out of the ground because it was half out. He pulled the worm out and played with it for a little while until he got tired of that and put it back in the ground. And then his mother said, We're going to be leaving in about 15 minutes. So he He put a bunch of them covered the bottom of his pail, and he didn't have a very big pail. And then he thought, well, I can't pick it up blueberries to fill it. I know what I'll do. I'll put moss in my pail. And so over those, the bottom blueberries, he put some moss, picked it all apart and put it in. And then he took some blueberries and put them on top, picked them as fast as he could, and put them on top. He got home. And his mother said, well, that was really good of you to pick those blueberries. I'm going to make you a pie tomorrow. I'll make a big pie, and I'll make you one just your size. And he was so excited about that. Oh, my goodness, he was happy. So the next day, his brother made the pie, and he could see it cooling on the windowsill. And he kept saying to his mom, can I have some now? Can I have some now? Is that what you guys say? No. So anyway, <laughs> uh, he, he, he got it in his pie, he got his, his fork, and he put his fork in the pie, and what do you think was in the pie? Moss. You got, how did you know that? Man, that's amazing. 
That's a good question. I think he was just being, what, what do you think he was being? Silly, that's true. He was being silly. What else? You think he'd be a bit lazy? He never did it again because it wasn't a very good tasting pie. He could taste the blueberries and it would be awful to have them off. You're right. So the, what's, the, what's the, the moral of the story? What, what can we learn? Not to provide. Good, right on the money. That's what I thought too. But there might be one more little, little lesson that we can learn. Anything? Anybody? Well, how about whatever we do in life, make sure that we do it right on the money. Right. Do it right. And that's important for us. We're children of God. Pardon? Or else you'll do it wrong. Exactly. Well, you guys were great this morning. I tell you. Did you like the story? I know Sam. He's never done it since. He never went back and picked blueberries. He was very old. He was about eight, I think, or nine. And never did it again. But he talks about his story and laughs. And tells his kids about the story and laughs. So, let's make sure that for Jesus, we do every day we do what we do right way, the best that we can do, right? And that will not produce much life, right? Let's pray for our kids. They're the best bunch. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our boys and girls. I thank you for their teachers. And I ask you, Lord, to bless them all as they go down to their own children's church this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Heard of wild elephants. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to uh, pray the prayer before, as we prepare our hearts for the message this morning. It's written in your bulletins, and let's say it together as a people of God. Prepare our hearts, O God, as we learn to trust you without hesitation. Help us to hear your voice, obey your purpose in our lives, knowing that living faith is ours to enjoy. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, Tom is coming uh, to read from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And let's hear the word of the Lord. Faith in what we don't see. The fundamental fact of existence is that, that this trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith we see the world called into existence by God's word what we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought. That made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteousness. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over the world and could all over and could not find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those that see. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of, of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. 
As a result, Noah became intimate with God. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place, his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised to him, lived as a stranger camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, that a city designed and built by God. By faith, the barren Sarah was able to become pregnant. Old woman as she was at the time, because she believed the one who had made the promise would do what he said he would. That's how it happened. From one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now people numbering into the millions. Thank you, Tom. Didn't I tell you? That's what it said in the, in the message. Abraham's shriveled and dead loins. Imagine having that as your uh, legacy after you're dead all this time. But it was. Where's the magic? Last Sunday we talked about the fact that we come to church and why do we come? And uh, I said that, you know, some people hope that maybe that there'd be a little magic in the, uh, in the message or something that would uh, keep us coming back. Well, I, and I responded that uh, this thing called faith should bring us to God's house in expectation of something that is to come. That is the word of God. Well, uh, as a result of last Sunday, Pearl gave me a little, a little uh, four-liner that, uh, that was really good. And so I'm going to use it because it relates to our message. So the village got together to pray for rain. But of all the people that came, only one boy came with an umbrella. <laughs> That's faith. And when you throw a baby in the air, that baby laughs because they know that they will be caught. Hopefully we don't do too much of that. That's trust. When you go to bed, you set your alarm with no assurance that you'll be alive the next morning. That's amazing. But when you see the world suffering as it does, you still get married and have children, and that's love. Well, this morning, that fits in so well, because last week we learned that without faith, if we have no faith, it's impossible to approach, approach God. But the writer of, of uh, Hebrews, whoever he or she is, uh, gave us a really good picture of what faith is in the lives of people. Without faith, it's impossible to approach God. For we must believe that he exists. And everybody will say, almost everybody I've ever met will say, yeah, I believe in God. Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He's a good man. But the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to even approach God. We must believe that he exists. But more importantly, is that he cares enough uh, uh, regarding us to respond to the needs of every one of us, no matter who we may be. As long as we are his children, he will answer prayer. Now, think of that for a moment. That really is faith. The well-respected writer, uh, Father Henry Newman, and I love all his writings. As a matter of fact, I had the privilege years ago of meeting him. He was speaking in Toronto. Tells the story of the world-renowned trapeze family known as the Flying Rodleys or Rodleys. I don't know where the emphasis is supposed to go on this name. It's, it's, it's rather unique. But Nguyen got to know them really, really well. He even had the opportunity on several occasions to watch them practice. The leader of the group, who we got to know quite well, told him this story. As a flyer, I must have complete trust in my catcher. The public may think that I'm a great star, but the real star is Joe. My catcher, he has to be there with split-second precision. 
grabbing me out of the air. All I do is stretch out my arms and wait for him to catch me. A flyer must fly and a catcher must catch. And then he said, I need to trust the catcher to be at the perfect place in my routine. I need to trust him completely. A lot of us fly through life. When we were a little younger, we did more of that flying through life. But uh, especially at a time of crises. But we need to bet he will catch us. The psalmist writes, And God will keep his angel and give charge over thee, lest you touch a stone or catch your foot on a stone. He's going to catch us. He's going to catch us on our way down. We must believe that he will catch us because that is what he does. And learning to trust him without reservation, we need to continually open up our hearts and our minds and recognize that it's not enough to believe. But we need to approach him in such a way on a continual basis and believe that he will answer prayer. And like this church has seen some wonderful answered prayer. We thank God for the answered prayer that God has has given to this congregation. Many of the members of it, I think of Dora especially, and she's here this morning, and, and it was by faith. Not only her faith, but believers together praying for someone who is a child of God. We need to understand that, that the multiplicity of energy that happens as a result of that brings about results. Why? Because God hears us, he answers prayer. St. James writes, even the demons believe in him and shudder at his name. So the first thing is that our faith must be understood to be something more than just a blind trust, though that's what God wants from us. Blind trust. Trust him in everything that happens in our lives. But the second thing is that when we trust God, we need to obey him. Sounds easy enough. But have you ever obeyed him when it seems rather tough? I have. And there have been times when I haven't. Many more times than when I did. That little story of that lazy boy when he went out blueberry picking with his mom. Uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful story. Because it bears the reality that when we approach God and we want something from him, we need to obey him. And that little boy obeyed to a measure, but he didn't do it completely right or he would have harvested a much different pie than he ate and eventually. If there doesn't seem to be much magic in the service, it may be because the praise is mostly moss. Think about that now. The list of heroes that the writer writes about and Tom so wonderfully read about from Hebrews, that writer provides us so much, but every one of those people put their lives on the line. Are we willing to follow Jesus quite that closely? Not only are we to trust, but we're to obey. But the third thing that faith includes is that unshakable trust that sustains us, that keeps us going, if you will. For we will go through life's dark and difficult valleys. All of us will. Different times, different periods in our life, but we all go through them. And they're hard. And they take their toll. But we need to recognize that when we go through the difficult and dark times, as the psalmist says, the valleys seemingly of death, you need to trust no matter what. It's like the man who became very discouraged with his life. As a matter of fact, things had been going from bad to worse. And finally he'd had enough. And he went out and bought a loaf of bread 
And going to the railway tracks, he laid himself across the tracks, and somebody called the police. And so the policeman rushes to him and says, What do you think you're doing? The man responded, Well, I'm waiting for the train to run over me. I've had enough of this world. And the police, just curious, said, But why the loaf of bread? Well, he responded, At the frequency this train runs, I could starve to death while I'm waiting. <laughs> no one is exempt from feeling discouraged. Nobody is exempt from feeling downtrodden. As a matter of fact, there are times when we may feel we've lost our last friend. But rest assured, faith is the assurance. Remember last Sunday, I talked about the word in the Greek being the same as insurance. Although sometimes insurance can be rather iffy. We have God's assurance that the same one who created us will be the same one that is with us in every battle, in every painful time, in every dark moment we may go through. But there's one last thing that Tom read this morning from, from uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Faith is the promise that every one of us have as the end comes. Abraham describes Hebrews in Hebrews as this come whose foundations and architect and builder is God our creator. Now we don't talk much about heaven anymore. I've probably talked about heaven more in this last little while than I ever have all the rest of my ministry combined. Oh, I, I did preach, I think, three times on heaven in my life. Uh, but when I come to this passage, it makes me realize that we are walking into a future today, a secular society, and it really is, a post-church era. And we diminish sometimes by not mentioning heaven the most blessed hope that we have as Christians, a forward look and a view and of expectation of heaven. And my people, that is so important for us to understand, is that we don't have, when we face the end, and I have faced it with dozens of people who have been part of my congregations over the years. And, and, and I, I tell you, it's been wonderful to watch. I'll never forget, I went to visit Ivan, of course, passed away not so long ago. And, uh, you know, of course, he'd been an elder in this church. He owned a store in this community, one store that had a wonderful reputation. And he was just a wonderful man to go and visit because he was so positive. I said to him one day, I said, so how long did you own a store? I said, I think it felt like it was. <laughs> and then he laughed. And, uh, and uh, I said, but it was quite a while. He said, you know, I look back on that time in my life, and I probably was able to touch more lives than I could have ever imagined. That's a way life well lived. And I had the privilege of, of doing his funeral. And he said to me, you know, uh, just before that, he just said to me the last time we visited, you know, I am looking forward to heaven. I'm not in any hurry to get there, but I am looking forward to heaven. Here's an honest minute. Because when we get to that place, when we are facing the end, I'm so glad to be able to report to you that God has a city and a house made just for you that you know nothing about the dimensions, you just know that it's, it's in the future. And that's the hope that we have, that we have a future after death, that we no longer are looking to the reality of, of the fact that, well, is this the end? But we have this hope because we place our trust in the living Christ who paid for us and then tells us that we've got, he's going to prepare a home for us, just for us created for us because we are his children and we place his trust in him. Do you believe in God? We all respond and of course, especially during communion, we 
have a statement of faith that we recite. Apostles' Creed, we call it. Yes, of course we believe in God. Do we believe in the promises of God? And also in this Son, Jesus Christ, who made many of those promises. That God's Holy Spirit will be with us no matter what we go through. Yeah, we can, we, we can go that far. But let me go one step further. Because here's the crooks of the message. Regardless of the obstacles. Regardless of the pain. Regardless of all, or, or in the, our families. No matter what we go through. I'm here to tell you and guarantee you according to God's word. That this same creator who made us. The same creator who recreated us through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross is the same creator that through his son Jesus Christ will welcome us with open arms when we cross that threshold from this life to the next and receive us unto himself. Good news, that's faith. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word. It is life, it is health, and it is our peace and our future. We ask you, Lord, that you will guide us as a people of God, that we would walk in newness of life. Forgive us our sins, Lord, because we want to serve you. And may we walk with you, not only when it's easy, but when it's hard. Knowing full well that your Holy Spirit will sustain us, will keep us. And if we fall, or when we fall, you will be there to catch us so that we may walk with you, not only on this side, but look forward to heaven after our lives are lived. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Turn in your hymn books to number 677. My faith looks up to you. Number 677.
from all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures, high and low. Praise God in Jesus, fully know. Creator, Word, and Spirit, one. Amen. Thank you, O Lord, for the privilege of being able to give back a portion of what you have so generously given to us. Bless and receive every gift and every giver for the ongoing work of your kingdom, both here at home and around the world. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to go to the uh, pastoral prayer. And um, we also want to add to that list um, Mrs. Neely. She's not doing well, and uh, she's staying with her son, I understand, in the area, but she is not doing well, and so let's remember her in prayer. There are probably many other requests, but as we go to the Lord in prayer, let's believe that not only does it exist, but he answers prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you this morning, and we bring to you all of these needs. We think of Mrs. Neeling, and ask, Lord, that you would touch her body for George and Terry, for Bob and Robert and Ray, for Sophia Dawn, for Joyce Nesbitt, for Rob and Bob and Stan and Morgan and Florence and Nick. And Lord, we ask that this morning, even as we are praying, that you will visit them by your Spirit. May they know that we are caring for them through prayer. And Lord, may we also take the time to visit them, for they need our, our care and love. We think, Lord, of those who are shut-ins. We think of those in retirement homes, Rita and Norma, Audrey, Dawn, and Donna. We ask, Lord, for each one of them and ask that you would be with them, that you'd give them strength, that daily may they know that we are thinking of them, and more than that, that you are there with them by your spirit. Lord, we have needs within our own lives. And in your mercy, as we bring these prayers to you, hear our prayer and answer. And now, Lord, as we Prepare to go from this place. We ask you, Lord, to bless us in all that we do, in all that we say. Through Christ our Lord, we ask it. Amen. As we close our service this morning, I want us to turn to number 681. We will sing the first and the last verses. 681. <laughs> sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, spread gladness all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves, onward is our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Last verse, in the winds, a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, and the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, like salvation for the free. To every strand that ocean waves is our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. We're going to close our service as the closer. Just singing that little chorus on 294, if you need, you don't need the words, but you may need the music. Uh, it's just one word, hallelujah, and we're going to close our service with that before the nation. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Spirit, rest on each one of your lives, that your faith may grow, and that your obedience may be long. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services, first at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week over week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to see, hear from you soon, and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.